0: Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and all those affected in the tragic helicopter crash Sunday. We look back at Kobe's life and also look ahead to Super Bowl 54 in Miami, previewing the game with New York Post football columnist Steve Serby. We're also joined by Super Bowl champion and Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Favre. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Steve Serby and Jerome Bettis join the show today. Now let's preview Super Bowl 54. It is a heavy episode of Blue Rush today, Jake Brown. Uh, Man, where do we even start? Uh, We're getting ready to preview the Super Bowl, but it'd be wrong to do so without looking back a little bit on the late, great Kobe Bryant. The Mamba, gone far too soon, along with his daughter, Gianna. Uh, in a tragic helicopter crash uh, yesterday, uh, heavy man. I don't, you know, one of those days where, uh, you know, they say you've got to be a mutter to make it in horse racing. You got to be able to run on a sloppy track. We got a real sloppy track today, pal.
1: It just doesn't feel right, Jimmy. It's you. You, feel, you felt this morning surreal when you wake up and think it's true. I mean, you're reading it yesterday. You see the TMZ report. I'm in a coffee shop going on tweet Deck and I just see TMZ reporting Kobe's dead. I'm like, this has to be. They must have been hacked. It's a hoax. Yeah. You just don't believe
0: that something like that happens. But when they take away an icon, uh, a young superstar that's meant so much to so many people, a guy who does have a very complicated legacy, but to have it happen so suddenly and so tragically with his daughter is very heavy. And, And I think the reason it's so heavy to so many people, Jake, beyond what he meant to them personally, is he was off doing something. That you know hits home for every parent. He was just going to a youth basketball game. He was taking his daughter, who was his, I mean, his next legacy. Everyone was saying
1: she was going to be in the WNBA. She already had the signs. She was a future star, and it's just so s- sad to think of. Think how sad you are, and then times it by a billion and think about vanessa and the and the other three daughters who are without their sister without their daughter without their without their husband without their dad i mean it is just gut-wrenching and you felt it in the streets i was at the knicks nets game last night you heard a pin drop they they had the 24 second violations they Mm -hmm. honored kobe to start the game after they did the tribute uh it was purple and gold outside the arena the lights and then after that you just I barely paid attention to the basketball Listen, game because I couldn't it, wrap my mind around yeah, it's, losing it's,
0: an icon. Like no, this. it's heavy. And Knicks games are always sad, but this yeah. was another level. This was uh, this was something else. Uh, this was the real thing. And so. It didn't matter
1: that they won the game. I, I could care less. It hurt more kind of this morning waking up. And I was listening to some uh, radio shows, Jimmy, this morning and just hearing callers give their memories and tell their stories about Kobe. From whether it was I was listening, Reggie White's son called in and talked about how he he this impacted him, how he lost his dad when he was younger, and and how he feels for the family. And you hear sh- different stories of oh, I met him, he signed a jersey, and and I was a Celtics fan, and he like turned me around. There are people who liked basketball because of Kobe. There were Laker fans who became Laker fans
0: because of Kobe. You shoot a ball in the gar, you shoot a paper in the garbage. Can you say Kobe. It's a funny thing, uh, but the first time, I worked with Chris Tapp's Porzingis and his brother Giannis for a short while. And uh, the first thing we talked about when I first met him uh, was Kobe. You know, and he was kind of the Latvian mamba because he worshipped Kobe Bryant growing up. And what's also funny is, you know how our pop culture exports to the other parts of the world a little bit slower? When Porzingis was a kid, he was obsessed with Space Jam, but they were getting it like it was a new movie. And it was like obviously Michael Jordan, but Kobe's idol, uh, Michael Jordan, and Kobe became, as LeBron said last night, the one guy he didn't want to disappoint, along with Michael Jordan. He had made his way to the pantheon of all-time great Lakers, if not all-time great NBA players, obviously five championships, but a guy who had a competitive drive, uh, the likes of which we've never seen. Notoriously one of the most competitive people on earth, outside of Michael Jordan, and
1: and his final tweet, Jimmy, continuing to move the game forward at King Jays. Much respect, my brother. Hashtag three three six four four as LeBron passed him on the all time scoring list the prior night. And I don't know if you saw the interview that they did with LeBron after the game and kind of honoring Kobe and memory, and memories of Kobe and how he got him into the game Love and how Kobe, much respect man. he had for him. And then, I mean, 14 Kobe's hours later, he passes away with yeah, his it's, daughter. Yeah,
0: it's, listen, it's it's sad. It's terrible. There's not a lot you can do today, but be thankful for what you have, uh, the opportunities you yourself have here on Earth. Uh, enjoy those special people in your life and, and try not to take any of this for granted. Let's not
1: forget about the others that were lost, too. Uh, a baseball coach who used to coach guys like Jeff McNeil in the Mets, another daughter lost, another wife lost. I mean, there were nine people dead on a helicopter, which I didn't even realize fit that many people. Uh, so let's not forget them as well. Of course.
0: Super Bowl. But yes. I mean it's hard, <laughs> all right. it's hard to transition. Okay. But, uh, people, Who's ready for I some mean, beer it's, and wings, Jake Brown? It's,
1: it's, it's Radio Rose coming. I mean, we're not in Miami. It's our only excuse for not working on our uh, beach slash dad bods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah. Dad bods are in. First of all, don't shame our dad bods. I, I, we got to this point now where I've embraced all these bo- body positivity things. Uh, you know, where they're like, oh, you know, big, it's beautiful. I Listen, I, who who are we to shoot that down? That's making my life easier. Yeah. That's 50 less crunches I've got to do this morning. You listen, know what I'm saying?
1: food over abs is my life model. Oh, yeah.
0: so, uh, listen, guys like us could get abs, but we'd be so miserable from the work and the calorie deprivation that we wouldn't have any game anyway. So if you're listening at home, you need game a lot more than you need abs. And we'll be eating a lot for the Super
1: Bowl, so... <laughs> uh, a programming note for our listeners: uh-huh. um, Next week, we will have a joint Super Bowl show with Gangs All Here. Brian Costello will be our guest, the host of Gangs All Here from Miami. He'll give us reaction from the game and you know his perspective being there and the fans and the whole atmosphere, which is awesome to get that angle. You'll be uh, in New York. You'll be at home base. Yes, I assume. And I will be in the, uh, the, the debauchery and degenerate city of Atlantic City it's gonna be wonderful. at the Borgata, where we will get results, and we'll can, have a Borgata expert on can, and get the numbers. Can you get a signal in a holding cell? How does that work? Oh, my goodness. You're calling into the show with your one phone call? I'll have my my kneecaps removed and the pirate pirate yeah. eye patch on, but we'll get reaction- our buddy Samantha Praviti, Sam's Fantasy, will will give a reaction of uh, maybe how much money I lost or uh, won. Boy. Who you, knows? Maybe I'll don't win.
0: Know. This could be the week. This could be the week. But uh, three days in Atlantic City is uh, dangerous. So th- think, th- listen, think for me, please. Nowhere in the world is there a man who'd be better off if only he spent three more days in Atlantic City. That No one's writing that country song. One,
1: one night is a lot, but when you talk about three, I'm going to have to find some other things to do, but I've heard it's not the best area to yeah, do that. Yeah, well,
0: the, uh, so there's plenty of entertainment on the sidewalks yeah, well. if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> Just uh, Yeah, you might run into Robert Kraft. Oh, uh, oh, God. Defense wins championships, yeah, Jake Brown. Hold uh, it together. Uh, talking about defense, talking about this big game. The big game, I do believe we still have the Chiefs at one and a half, two now. Is it's, it all it's the way up to two? two. It's,
1: it's been moving, and, and the over is up to 55.
0: I got to tell you, man, this is a if, – if ever there was a year Andy Reid was going to do it, this is it. Um, If ever there was a quarterback that was going to get him over the top, I mean, Mahomes is playing at a level. uh, The likes to which we've never seen outside of Lamar Jackson before he ran into the Titans three weeks ago. But Mahomes is playing in a really elevated plane right now. Um, They've shown the explosiveness in coming back against the Texans in their first uh, playoff game in the divisional round. Obviously, they ran away the other day against the Titans. My instinct out of the gate was Kansas City. I have such a hard time betting Andy Reid in a big game. But I'm going to stick with Kansas City.
1: Well, the question is, Jimmy, is can the 49ers score enough? That's going to be the thing. We know the Chiefs can score, and that's why this over under is so high. Yeah, it's a
0: high number. It's a high number.
1: I mean, they could score forty by themselves. Miami, the question is, can track. S- can yeah. San Fran do the same? And they're not going to be I, able to run the football I, like they well, were. Like,
0: well, that's one problem. They're not. They're not putting up those, um, as you like to say, Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile numbers. As oh, I, I like, like to say, say that, it. Yeah. Uh, they're not putting up Bo Jackson numbers was, against the Chiefs two this week. When that game came. The, I, I think know. the big question, really will be, can they get to Mahomes? Because the only shot they're going to have in this game is if they slow him down. They need a monster day out of the Nick Bosa's Yeah, and
1: I just think it's too much of a task for the Niners right now. I think they are in a year. They might be the team... And I do think when they're you know fully stocked and maybe they get another receiver and Garoppolo's got some more weapons, they have made a terrific move getting Emmanuel Sanders, and he's going to be a big factor in this game. They're going to need one of those bombs, a couple of those bombs to Emmanuel Sanders. Garoppolo cannot throw it just eight times. You hope he throws it around 20 to 20. I know people were saying 16 to 20. It's going to take you at least 20 to 25 attempts for Garoppolo in this game. They're just not going to be able to run the football because the Chiefs and Steve Spagnolo, who we know very well as Giant as Giants supporters, he's aggressive. And he will put a goal line blitz on you from mid. Field, we saw it. He's done it in the playoffs. That's, that's kind of his thing. Stacks so is ready. He'll stack eight up there. He doesn't yeah. care. So well, Raheem Moster is not doing what he did. I'm sorry. I know it's a cool story. Yeah, there's it's a big difference between the
0: Packer defense and the Chief difference And I th- and I think Der- uh, defense anyway. And I think Derrick Henry learned that last week. You know, I mean, not that he didn't put up big numbers, but they weren't as explosive and they weren't able to control the game the way they did. And I think for that reason, it scares me. It scares me that the line's going up a little bit, though, Jake. Because I think we all have this same gut feeling, is that the Chiefs have too much firepower. But we've seen these firepower teams. We saw the Giants do to the Patriots twice, where the line of scrimmage battle is, is is so physical and they're so physically overwhelmed that maybe we're all missing something and there is a world where the 49ers keep this close. I mean, I'm always rooting for oh, a I, good game. I think it
1: will be close, yeah. and that's why it's, it should be a pick them. Honestly, it's, it, the Chiefs are minus two right now. And I think it's going to get close. The Chiefs will probably end up one and a half, one, yeah, the one depending. to two range. I don't see it getting past two. But, but I, you're picking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going I'm to say, yeah, Chiefs. you always go against me. Oh, if if that's, I'm going to say, and I'm going to say over, I'm going to say 30-27 Chiefs. And I'll go with the chalk that Patrick Mahomes is your Super Bowl MVP. Whoa! Whoa! big one. I what's, mean, what's your pick and your score? Here?
0: It's tough because I feel like, like you said, if you pick the Chiefs, you got to pick the over. If you pick the Niners, you're expecting a low-scoring game. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs, although I'm going to put a little more weight on that Niner defense, and I'm going to take the under. And I will put you at a 21-17 final,
1: should we put a wager? I mean, I'm a, if I have any money, left that's the after thing. This I don't weekend. know if I'll be
0: able to collect from you, so I don't. I don't want to bet you, and then we'll, I got to hound about you. we bet a tad stake. Yeah, you could be a mess come Monday morning if you were staying in town. I'd bet you. I know you're an honorable guy, but you might not make it back into town. as Oh well, yeah, saying. I got
1: to get my bus ticket before I leave. Because if I have to get it after, <laughs> uh, I'll be ah, I'll be going on those side streets and looking for someone with a car that'll bring me back to New York. Yeah, Jake uh, Brown. It, I might be down twenty pounds. I'll look like I'm in Castaway the time I walk. Walk back to New York City and <laughs> you, make it back to the New you're gonna
0: York You're going to have Coast. to pawn Wilson, too, just to get some bus <laughs> fare. That's never pretty. Um, um, yeah, man. It's. Uh,
1: I, I don't blame you for betting the under. They're begging you to bet the under. Now that it's up to 55, think about it. Yeah. You need a 30-27. You need like a 35-21 to hit the over. It's a lot of points.
0: Going to be a good box game because I could see some, uh, some crooked numbers getting up there. Some dumb safeties. You know, I'll never forget the greatest box Super Bowl ever was the Seahawks over the Broncos at MetLife Stadium because the opening snap went over Peyton Manning's head. We had a safety to start the game, and we had a, an eight on the board halfway through the first quarter. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but there are better things to bet on than safeties and snaps going over heads. We've got a whole slew of proposition bets, and we've got Steve Serby coming in to talk about it. So let's go. It is a heavy day on the pod uh, as we're getting ready to continuously preview the Super Bowl, but we've, of course, got to discuss Kobe Bryant, which we do with a heavy heart, and it's also why we turn to the guys that get paid the big bucks in situations like this. He is down in Miami spending those bucks right now. Steve Serby joins us uh, on the phone. How you doing, Steve Serby?
2: Jimmy, always a pleasure. How you doing?
0: Good, good. Did you just get into Miami? Is that where we're at on this odyssey?
2: No, we— uh bunch of us flew in last night and uh uh that's i was at the kennedy airport when i when i got the news about kobe and of course we all were hoping it was an erroneous report a uh trigger happy twitterite but uh, that was not the case and of course it became even more tragic when we learned that his 13 year old daughter was on board so yeah heavy hearts still in miami here in miami and uh it, it's going to be uh interesting tonight tonight we go to marlins park for super bowl opening night and uh it it won't be the same for me anyway and for many others now that uh the news that Kobe has has perished.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's very heavy to think, uh, you know, you got a guy so big, it really does throw a shadow over a different sport altogether. But I mean, that's testament to the impact he had on the sports world. It's a weird week at Radio
1: Row, I'd assume, for a lot of people there and for for people like you, sir, be reporting because... That's questions going to be asked, Jimmy, to a lot of players. I mean, they're going to say, "What was Kobe's impact on you?" Because a lot of these guys were two sport athletes or guys who wanted to play basketball and switched to football. And Kobe's the guy that got them there. So I'd imagine, Serby, uh, it's an impact across not just all sports, all people. Um, what What are your memories as a reporter of, of Kobe over the years?
2: Well, you know, everybody talks about the uh, him with the achil- tearing the Achilles and shooting the free throws. I actually met Kobe right before his draft as a 17-year-old high school kid, because there was talk that uh, the Nets might draft him and he didn't want to be drafted by the Nets. Uh, Calipari was the coach, I believe, back then. The Nets ended up drafting Kerry Kittles. Um, But Kobe, here he was sitting in in a hotel lobby, I remember interviewing him, nice kid, but supremely confident, knew he was great, knew he was going to be great, he had that aura around him, and uh, it, it's just so sad. It's just so sad. I mean, he was 17 at the time, four years older than his than his daughter who who died along with him uh, yesterday. Just just terrible. Just terrible. But you know, in all the Q and As that I do in Sunday's New York Post, I can't tell you how many how many athletes, not only in basketball, but all sports, even even baseball, adopted or admired and admired Kobe's on-field mentality. And and the, he's the guy that more of them wanted to play like on the field than anyone else.
0: Yep, absolutely. The fadeaway jump shot. You know, there's so many iconic big plays. Uh, I had just watched the Spike Lee documentary, which is phenomenal, and it gives you such insight. Into the level of competitor he was. I mean, he, outside of Michael Jordan, have you ever seen anybody, Serby, that had that competitive drive?
2: No, but would wouldn't we have loved to seen a one on one game between Kobe and MJ? Imagine what that there would have been. I, I read this somewhere. There would have been. Someone said there would have been blood all over the court. Um, he look. He was the Mamba, and uh, and and Jordan was the exact same way. They were just ruthless, absolutely ruthless. And, and no one loved the game more than Kobe did.
0: No. And and that's, you know, he's been a phenomenal ambassador of the game. And one of the things you noticed is when LeBron James passed him, you know, his acknowledgement of that was, hey, man, keep growing the game. I mean, he's a guy who cared about the game, was a great ambassador to the brand. And, uh... You know, so many kids are drawn to the sport, like you said, because of him. And uh, it's, an unfillable, it's an unfillable void. It's, it's a heavy way to start Super Bowl week. But uh, we play the teams on the schedule, Serby. This is certainly one of them. Uh, so we've got to go forward. Uh, you're in Miami. Absolutely. Yep, you're in Miami. The Chiefs uh, getting ready to square off against uh, the 49ers. Have you strayed from your gut instinct? When you first saw the, the Chiefs laying a point and a half last week, what were you thinking were you thinking that was a good bet were you thinking it was the 49ers
2: um I'm not you want me to reveal my Super Bowl pick now
0: oh that's true you're gonna sell I mean, I've got you're gonna sell that for I've big got money so
2: much I've got so much you're just trying to make some money off me aren't you
0: <laughs> Surby,
2: you're, you're trying to make some money off my expertise that's listen, not
0: right I gotta do what I can here Serby. you know they're they're paying me and Jake Shameless. Brandon we're getting paid in mozzarella sticks over here, Serby. We've got to gussy this thing up, whatever way we can. I, man. I'm not mad at that. If that were the yeah, case. Jake's not even complaining. I just want to bump it up to some marinara sauce on the side, and I haven't gotten that promo yet.
1: I'm in a bad
2: mood. I'm 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 stuck with the media here. We're stuck at the at the airport. <laughs> oh uh, man. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, we're not even near South Beach. The the NFL stuck us by the airport, so you know. Stop! Stop complaining on your end. We're, we're not. I'm not surfing on South Beach right now.
1: I didn't even realize the hotel just has an airport. And Cost told me that you're staying at the airport. I'm like, I mean, can you get in your room without a TSA pre-check? I'm like, how does that even work?
2: Costello's staying uh, on the tarmac. He, he has no room. <laughs> but, but at least, uh, I, at least I do have a room. But it's it's so frustrating. I mean, I want I wanted to go to Prime One Twelve uh-huh. on South Beach, one of my favorite restaurants, and and I don't. And here and last night I ended up eating at Champions and in in, in, the, in the courtyard Marriott. <laughs>
1: well, well, Kaz said that. Mark's my life. Ma, Ma, Kaz says Mark Canizero is the guy that gets you into like Joe's Stone Crab and all these places. I mean, who does who does Can uh, know that he's getting you uh, into these Zagat or Zagat rated restaurants?
2: Well, Can golf's his way around America uh, while he's covering the sport. Uh, he does. Uh, he my sources tell me. Uh, my source being Canizero. He knows the uh one of the matri d's at Joe's Stone Crab. So um uh but he hasn't heard back from him, which is a bad sign. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. not that's not good, Serb. So it sounds like you'll be at the Airport Chili's again tonight, and that's fine.
2: Uh yeah, uh, mahi mahi tacos last night.
0: <laughs> yeah. Say say hello to Max and Irma for me if you will. Uh Serb, we're looking at this yeah. <laughs> we're looking at this big game. Jake and I both like the Chiefs, and that's a terrible sign. Is there a world— Well, dude,
2: that, no, that, oh, that seals it for me, then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, Niners
1: it is. I like the over. Jimmy likes the under. So in that sense, we're uh, we're debating. But uh.
2: I like a push. I like a push.
0: <laughs> um, is there a world where the 49er pass rush could do what the Giants did twice to the Patriots and just be too much man at the line of scrimmage and actually slow down that quarterback and make him rush his throws? Is there any world where that can happen?
2: Yeah, there is. I mean, the 49ers do have the the uh, a fearsome foursome uh, with uh, with D. Ford and, and uh, Nick Bosa joining the party uh, uh, from over la- over the last year. And um, look, there's two ways. There's two ways to beat the Chiefs, right? Uh, one of them is that fearsome pass rush, and the other is what? No, it's to do what the Giants did in Super Bowl 25 and keep Mahomes off the field.
0: Yeah, keep him off the clock. Okay, very good, yeah. No, because I, I said earlier, I'm reticent to bet on Andy reading a big game, but but he seem, seemingly got over the hump again uh, last week in Kansas City. You see a ball control maneuver, but is there a world to that point, Serby, where the 49ers can run, they can run that effectively?
2: Well, I believe, you can check the stats, I think the 49ers have held the ball for 67 minutes in the playoffs. So, uh, look what they did. You know, they kept Aaron Rodgers off the field for for, for large chunks of time. They, um, this, this kid, Raheem Mostert, has become a, a sudden star, 220 yards uh, against the Packers. Um, and, and Kyle Shanahan is, a, is an offensive play-calling genius. So, yes, there is a way. If you like the 49ers, that's the way to, to beat Mahomes. Um, and, and my old friend, Ronnie Lott, I did a Q&A with him in Sunday's New York Post. I don't know if this will influence your 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 opinions, but uh, he likes the 49ers by two touchdowns. Now he's a
0: little biased. Whoa, that's aggressive! Two touchdowns. Is Ronnie
1: smoking.
2: Right? Yeah, What's I, I
0: yeah I know there's all kinds of stuff trafficking down there. No,
2: no. Ron, hey, look, Ronnie's a little biased. He admits that, but he he loves this 49ers team.
0: If they're if they're, if they're pulling a full-on O.J. Anderson, a full Otis Anderson and they're watching that game film, and that's the strategy, there's a world where they could beat the Chiefs. You've convinced me, Serby, because the truth is, very similar to what the Giants did in in beating the Patriots twice, you just got to frustrate the guy. You don't need a five-sack game. You just need him to not have the rhythm that he's been able to find.
2: He's thrown 11 touchdown passes and and zero interceptions in four playoff games with two, I believe, two rushing touchdowns. So, He's not a kid that gets rattled very easily.
1: Let's let's do some fun prop bets. Uh here's the first one for you guys. Number of women to claim sleeping with Jimmy G during Super Bowl week. The over one is is the uh plus one ten. Under one is the favorite at minus one fifty. What do you guys think? Oh, you're talking about a wheel. Wood- oh, yeah, go- over? absolutely, over. right? Yeah. Do you think all the girls are coming out of the woodworks this week, uh to say oh, absolutely they slept with Jimmy. Oh yeah. that's,
2: that's an easy that's an easy over. Yeah, he's He he's the Joe Namath of this Super Bowl as far as that goes.
1: Yep. Will a fan run onto the field? The favorite is no minus two thousand. The yes might be yes might be one of the bets I place
0: uh, at Borgata plus eight hundred. The reason I say no is because I think the cheap ticket is like yeah. First of all, security's good. The ticket is like thirty eight hundred dollars. But we live in such an era
1: where someone wants to go viral for doing something like that. But Super Bowl is next level. Like you're in prison
0: for that. Like that is yeah. I mean, if you're streaking onto the field, I don't know if they could get near the field because they're enough security serbs in your experience have you ever been in a position where you could have streaked onto the field if you wanted to
2: no 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 the uh nfl security no game day security is is, it's impossible to uh, penetrate i'm sorry the answer is no to that
1: well d4 lineup offside this is a funny one plus 300 yes no minus 500 Does does it mean line up as in like how he did last year or a general offside? Because if that's the case, I might throw five bucks on that.
0: Yeah, it's worth five bucks. But, I mean, you're basically getting a lining up in the neutral zone. That's the infraction plus 300. I don't see how you don't bet that just to kind of hedge all the other dumb things you're going to (laughs) bet. Yeah, that's a $10 bet all day. Bet all the underdog of ridiculous like plus 1500.
1: That's what you should do, Serbs. Yeah.
2: I'll, you know what? I'm going to ask I'm going to ask D Ford if he if he
0: plans on jumping upside. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Tell him
1: to do it and win me yeah. pay my rent.
0: <laughs> These are the advantages Serby has. Will
1: O.J. Simpson attend the game? Yes plus 750, no minus 1500.
0: Is he allowed? He's close. I mean, he's <laughs> technically
2: allowed in <insert. laughs> No, I would say I would say no. I don't think uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a room at the end for O.J. at this point.
1: Will Kaepernick's name be mentioned? This is an interesting one. The line is closed. Yes. Will Kaepernick's uh, name be mentioned during the game? Plus
0: 100, yes. Minus 130, no. Oh, I bet everything on that, Serby, because he's the quarterback the last time they went to the Super Bowl. So it's going to... Sure, that's
2: an easy one. That's a a no-brainer.
0: That's a lock. Maybe not during the anthem, but you'll hear it. Any player to solicit... Prostitute during
1: Super Bowl week? Yes, plus seven hundred. Oh. no, minus fifteen hundred. Serby, is that
0: the Eugene Robinson? Is that the Eugene Robinson yes. bet? <laughs>
2: That's right. That's exactly what that is. Well, it's also also known as the Jimmy Fallon bet.
0: Hey, I didn't. But listen to me. I didn't have the Man of the Year award sitting on the passenger seat when I got arrested for soliciting hookers. And first of all, I also didn't get arrested, Serby. But hold on.
1: Here's one Giants-related Giants, <laughs> Giants related for you. How many times will Eli Manning be mentioned? Over 1.5 is the favorite and minus 140, under one 1.5 plus 100. That is a tough bet.
2: Uh, I, I'd say he'll be mentioned once.
0: It's a recent retirement. I'll take the over, and the reason being is because when they discuss the MVP, they might bring up the fact that the recently retired Eli. It's a dumb bet, though. If you're betting on this bet specifically – you do need help.
1: All right. That's enough prop bets. Uh,
0: <laughs> we didn't ask him. We didn't mention the whole show. And we should, before
1: we let Serby go, Jimmy, the Eli Manning presser. I mean, what what were your emotions Friday being at the uh, Eli presser, Serby?
2: Oh, very, just very happy for him. No one deserves it more. Um, you know, Strahan was there and Phil Sims was there and Harry Carson was there. And Tom Coughlin was there. And Ernie, Accorsi, who brought, who brought Eli to New York uh, was there. And, and, he's just such a such a good guy and he belongs in the hall of fame there's no doubt about that i don't i don't understand why there's an argument about it but uh and, and you know there he was with his little boy his 11 month old son who who by the way was born minutes after the super bowl last year his little his little boy charlie and his three daughters and his wife and his parents and i'll miss him i mean a couple of us were talk a couple of Reporters and I were talking about it uh, yesterday, and we'll miss the guy. There's, there's never been a, a quarterback who's been such a gentleman, uh, and and it, it was a pleasure covering him. It was. Uh, we'll, he'll be missed. He he he's one of a kind. He really is.
1: And a true mic drop moment when he when he ended his speech, uh, Jimmy and Serby with "Once a giant, always a giant." Wellington Mara said. Uh, for me, it's only a giant. That is a special ending right there.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he did that. I, I, I wrote a few weeks ago, I hope he retires a giant. And um, everybody in the giant building hoped he retires uh, as a giant. He's 39 years old. He's healthy, wealthy, and wise. Good for him.
0: Well, who knows? You might run into him while you're cruising for chicks at the baggage claim tonight. So good luck, Serbs.
2: Yeah, I might run into into him at the uh, airport, on the airport tarmac with Costello.
0: (laughs) Tell him to watch out. They got a lot of planes coming in. Tell him to be careful out there, Serby. Have a great week, man.
1: I'll call you from Joe Stone Crab if I can get in. Yes, please please (laughs) do. Please do. Send some back. See you, man. You got it. See you, guys. All right, you can check it off the bucket list. We are interviewing the bus on the bus. Jerome Bettis is with us now with... Hertz and Jerome, the Super Bowls here. You're Super Bowl champion. But before we talk football, let's talk about what you're doing with Hertz and the extra mile program here. It seems like a partnership made in heaven.
3: It really is. And it's an opportunity for me to to work with a a company that I've been utilizing for over twenty years. I've been a gold member for Hertz for over twenty years. So uh when this opportunity presented itself, I was I was giddy uh to work with this uh with great company and and the extra mile campaign is exactly what I love about the company there what they want to do is really celebrate uh, those uh, gold plus reward members and 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 really say thank you to them and so they've got this this campaign where they're they're really trying to show um, the experience and and really enhance those experiences uh... that you have and and for me I mean, my experiences are always great. I'm always going back home to Detroit. And whenever I go into that, that the office there in Detroit, they are incredible. They ask, ask me about my mom and, and, and my family. And so it's such a family atmosphere. I'm so appreciative of everything that Hertz has, has, has been able to do. And so it's a reason why they're number one. And this is, this is, this campaign is really that thank you. And so if you're, going down to Miami and you happen to be going to the game uh, Hertz is providing an opportunity for you to go down in style Uh, the sweepstakes 100 winners will go down to the game in a a bus really similar to this, really decked out and then you'll have one uh, grand prize winner that will actually get an opportunity to to take a uh, helicopter ride uh, on the Hertz helicopter and then get a ride in style first class to the game and and back and so again it's it's their way of saying you know thank you and if you're not going to the game you can still win as well all you got to do is go to hertz.com backslash big game sweeps that's what it's all about so it's an incredible program for all those uh loyalty members and you can always go online read more about it and uh, become a loyalty member
1: your Jerome Bettis whipping around in 2005, and your Jerome Bettis whipping around in 2020? Are you a Cadillac guy? What's your style? <laughs> I, I, I,
3: we have a Cadillac truck. My wife, uh, my wife does. So we, uh, we utilize that quite a bit. We've got two kids, so 14 and 12 year olds. So we're, um, we're putting miles on it. That's for sure.
1: I can't see you as a minivan guy. No, I know you're the bus, but I can't see you in a bus or a not, minivan.
3: Not a minivan. Not if I, if it's not a bus, then it's got to be a, a, a really nice SUV. All
1: right, Chiefs. And the 49ers, we got the defense and the running game versus the high powered offense. I know you're a guy that favors the run game, and what Raheem Mostert did was unreal. I mean, a lot of people haven't heard of this guy, and it's pretty remarkable how they got here. Do you think they stand a chance here against a better Chiefs run defense and an offense that scores like in 10 seconds?
3: You know what? I think that's the name of the game. Can San Francisco offense score points against the Kansas City defense? I think that is where the challenge is going to be. I think when you look at San Francisco's defense and Kansas City's offense, I think they'll cancel each other out to a degree. And I think the real question is the different – uh, sides of the ball, so I, I think Kansas City. The benefit they had is that they played against Derrick Henry. They had to be focused on stopping the run. Uh, so now they go into another week of having to stop the run, and they've been preparing for this for will have been prepared for three weeks. So I think they have an advantage in in that category. Uh, but but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to play, you know, his best game of the season in order to win this football game because he's got to be the X factor. I don't think the running game is going to be as explosive as it was, obviously against green Bay. And so J- Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to, he's going to have to be the X factor. He's going to have to make about four or five big plays in order for him to win the game. You got a pick. I, I'm going with Kansas city. I, I'm, I'm rooting for Andy Reid. I would love to see him win a championship um and you know he deserves it he's been a great great coach for a long time and uh i'm rooting for him
1: bill Cower is a guy who just got into the hall of fame and you might know him pretty well uh what do you think when he got in obviously well deserved
3: well deserved i mean i was so i was so honored that um that they would uh put him in because i feel as though he's the reason that i'm in the hall of fame and so for him to go in it, it meant a lot for a lot of us because uh, he was an incredible coach and, and you you love to see uh, when somebody that you really care about and you know that is, is deserving gets in because it, it, it's special.
1: In moments like this, can't you see why it takes such a great leader to get you there? You see it with a guy like Andy Reid. You see it with Shanahan who's really taking the next step in his career and he's trying to write that 28-3 to 3 script that he's having nightmares about for years now. Having a leader like Cowher had to have made such a big difference in that locker room, and a guy you really had trust in.
3: It, it did, but but I, I think it takes you to have a poor, not really a poor coach, but a, a a poor to be in a poor situation. I think if you're in a poor situation, then you have appreciation when you get to a better situation, and you realize that that those coaches that you had in that poor situation um, really were part of the problem and not the solution. And when you get to and you and you see a coach uh, like Coach Kyler and you get a chance to play for him and you get motivated by him, you really have a better appreciation for what a good coach looks like. And uh, he was a great coach. So I, I'm, I'm just so uh, proud to have been a player under him, uh, and he definitely made me a better player.
1: There was almost a chance you never played in a Super Bowl. You were almost retiring. Can you take us through that conversation with Big Ben and how he kind of begged you to come back? It's kind of like a storybook ending, how you almost quit. You come back. He says, we're going to the Super Bowl. You go to the Super Bowl. You win a Super Bowl, and then you hang it up.
3: Yeah, so we we were losing the AFC Championship game at home against the Patriots, and obviously I, I thought that was the last game of my career. So I'm on the sideline. I'm crying. And He sees me, comes over to me, and he, and he says, "You know, I, I promise I'll get you to the Super Bowl." And, and and you know, when you're in those those moments of of self reflection, you you don't really hear everything that you know somebody's saying. And I, I had heard it, but I really wasn't paying attention to it because I was contemplating my career. And I I you know then subsequently went up, talked to the coach, and and told him I was, I planned on retiring, and and it went it went that way. Uh, and the whole year went by and we got into the playoffs and we played our first playoff game. We played against the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals and um, we beat up on the Bengals. Fortunately, they 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 rolled out the red carpet for me again. Uh, we beat up on them. And after the game, Ben came to me and gave me uh, the game ball. And he said, I promised you I would get you to the Super Bowl. And I was just like, wow. Right. Next game. Gave me the game ball, said, you know, Bussy, I promise you I will get you there. And he did it each game. And then after we won the Super Bowl, he he gave me the, the game ball and said, you know, I promised you uh, that, that you know, we win a championship. And I, I I thanked him so much. You know, he was a man of his word. And uh, it was a really, really, really uh, incredible moment because it was something that he had told me a year before that he promised me would make happen and he came through on his promise. What if he didn't?
1: Was there a bet? Like, was he owing you steak dinner for life? Did he owe you a pimped out bus? Like, what was the deal?
3: No, no, there wasn't. Well, if we hadn't won at all, he still would have been on my Christmas list because he saved me against the uh, Indianapolis Colts and I fumbled and he ran the guy down and made an incredible tackle. So, he was going to be on my, on my Christmas list regardless. But uh, it probably wouldn't have been the big gift. It would have been the, the B gift.
1: Does he got anything left? Do you see Big Ben coming back from this injury? How many years do you think he's got in him?
3: I definitely see him coming back. I think he's got two big years or less left in him. Uh, and let's see what happens.
1: You had a tough upbringing, and you were a big bowling guy as well. And then you transition to football. You, you get out of the uh, rough childhood and turn your life around. Can you take us through that timeline of what, what happened there?
3: In in terms of growing up as a, as a kid, you know what I, it was a it was a rough childhood, and some difficult times. But um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have my mom and dad in the house, and they were stressing education. And it came down to uh, high school. It came down to bowling or football. What, what was I going to do? I decided bowling. I made a good decision, and um, I took off in bowl. I mean, in, in in football, and you know, next thing you know, I get a, a scholarship to go to Notre Dame. And I, I go to Notre Dame, and you know, by my third year, I was you know being talked about as you know going to the NFL. And, and up until that point, I had never thought about uh, an NFL career. But as it turns out, I was fortunate enough to get drafted the tenth pick, and, and had a uh, uh, a great career. But it probably wouldn't have happened um, if I would have chose bowling and and not football. So I made some good decisions uh, as a kid that uh, that led me to this point
1: another minute here with the bus Jerome Bettis Hall of Famer with the Pittsburgh Steelers you went from uh, bowling to bowling guys over it only made the right sense for you you ended your career when Eli Manning started his career what are your thoughts here on Eli's uh, retirement and the legacy that he leaves behind
3: well I think he leaves a tremendous legacy behind I mean for him to take the the franchise to the to the heights that it took it um, was, was sensational. I just thought I just thought you know he didn't get um, the really the the help that he really needed you know um, through you know mismanagement or whatever you want to call it. The organization did not put him in the best position for the last six, seven, eight years uh, because they didn't go out and get, you know, some of those talents that were there. Obviously, we know about Odell Beckham Jr. being here, but outside of him, there was very, very limited talent when they had opportunities. Uh, but year after year, they made bad investments in players, and, you know, they were no longer on the team. You know, first-round picks were... When they're not on the team after two, three years, then, you know, that's a, a sign that somebody made a bad decision in terms of the player or, you know, the need. And, you know, I think that happened quite a bit uh, in Eli Manning's tenure. But um, I, I still think he's going to be remembered uh, as a as a great player here in uh, New York and ultimately. uh I think he'll have a place in, in the Hall of Fame. May not be a first ballot in Hall of Famer, but I, I definitely believe he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, that's something that we've argued, first ballot, second ballot. He's definitely yeah. getting in. Two rings is so tough to accomplish, as you know. Jerome Bettis, use that hashtag, Hurts Extra Mile. Uh, looking forward to seeing you down in Miami and appreciate it.
3: Oh, man, thank you. Appreciate it, and see, uh, see you soon. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush.
0: Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show all season long. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting newyorkpost.com. See you Monday morning after the Super Bowl.